0: Today's episode of the Film Stage Show is brought to you by MUBI, the online streaming cinema. For your free 30-day trial, go to MUBI.com slash back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of the Film Stage Show, the movie review podcast for the Filmstage.com. As always, I am your host, Brian J. Rowan. With me today to talk about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, we have Michael Snydell. Hello. And we have Bill Graham. Woo! All right, and we are here to talk about the newest Sony Pictures Marvel superhero movie, Coming hot on the heels of Venom. Mm. Yeah, shout mm, out to Venom. That, that spicy Venom. <laughs> this is an animated <laughs> okay. film um, about... Is this a reboot? A You know, <laughs> we can get into it. Because <laughs> um, this movie is is sort of like perfectly situated in narrative and in just like actual space and time to mm-hmm. be whatever you want it to be
1: absolutely yeah and we uh, and like i said or we'll get re, into
0: it re-kick. yeah all right um so that's uh that's what we're going to be doing uh before that all the usual stuff of course you can follow us on twitter at film stage show facebook search for the film stage show and uh what else itunes give us a comment rating and you can email us podcast with filmstage.com Go to patreon.com slash thefilmstageshow to sign up to support us. For as little as $1 an episode, you get access to our super cool Slack channel and all the raffles and stuff that the film stage does. And, of course, we are brought to you by MUBI, the curated online streaming cinema, where every day their gregarious curators conspire to bring you a new film to watch they're talking about foreign we're talking about independent we're talking about classic we're talking about awesome stuff last time we talked about the Turin horse as part of their behind the viewfinder series that features a work by an artist and then a documentary about said artist of course happy hour is still up on there if you got a couple hours to, to kill how many hours over five Four, five. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, until the end of the year, 2018, if you go to Mubi.com and sign up, your first three months will only be a dollar. So how about that? You can go to mubi.com slash FilmStage for a free 30-day trial, but you must sign up for Mubi by the end of this year. That is December 31st in order to get your first three months for only a dollar. So, again, that is mubi.com when you're ready to go. And get your dollar for the first three months. If you'd like a 30-day free trial, go to mubi.com slash filmstage. And uh, that's about it. Anything else to talk about before we talk about Spider-Verse? This is like the – oh, God. We talked on Monday, right? Uh Uh About that other thing that we talked about. uh was that Vox lux or was that yeah buster? that was Vox lux buster Scruggs <laughs> okay. was friday um we're really packing them in <sighs> and we are still so far behind <laughs> mm-hmm. on all the things we got to talk about um so let's just do it let's get into it we are here of course to talk about spider-man into the spider-verse this of course being the new animated spider-man film from sony pictures this movie concerns uh miles morales who is uh taking up the mantle of spider-man with the help from a certain spider-man himself as well as a number of other spider figures from across the multiverse this movie features the voices of shameek moore jake johnson Haley steinfeld steinfeld yeah that sounds right (laughs) marshall ali brian tyree henry and just so many other people So strap in, get ready, uh, put an X on your forehead so we know which one of you is the real you. And let's talk about (laughs) Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love. Then I saved the city again and again and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial. I did a Christmas album and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore.
1: Spider-Man swings in once a day zip zaps up in his little mask and answers to no one
2: i love you moms
0: yeah, I'm no dad. all right that is the trailer for spider-man into the spider-verse i have called this movie so many titles except for its real <laughs> title like i just called it spider-man the spider-verse which is wrong spider-man uh-huh. enter the spider-verse which is wrong Spider-Man swing into the Spider-Verse, which is a better title, but whatever. And um, here we are to talk about it. So, as always, we will have our spoiler section, and we will have our non-spoiler section. Uh, comic book fans are weird. I don't know what they're going to count as a spoiler. Uh, the trailers gave away most of the cameos and stuff, so hopefully we I would don't say step the on the title.
3: Any is a
0: spoiler. <laughs> I but like like, that's the thing though is this one of those movies treated as a reveal (laughs) this is like there is a spoiler I would say in like the first act of this movie because I don't know but again I also don't know shit about like the 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 inception of Miles Morales into this world so I apparently something that happens is canon and I guess anyone who's familiar with Miles Morales would know it and expect it but I was not so I was deeply confused But anyway, so let's start off. Basic, nutshell, all-around, spoiler-free thoughts for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Bill Graham, let's start with you.
1: Sure. Um, This film came in with a lot of hype. Uh, I heard very early reactions just talking about how great it was, how beautiful it looked. And so I came in with a lot of high expectations. And, you know, to be honest with you, it's, it's very rare that things can live up to that kind of expectation. And somehow this exceeded it. Um, I absolutely adore this film from beginning to end. I think it's got some sticking points towards the end where action beats last a little bit too long, but it's got a lot to tie up and wrap together in a nice, neat bow. Uh, If this one was the only one, uh, it would be fantastic. But like, all of this world we are getting more of it even if we don't necessarily want it but i think this one actually lends itself well to having more um i think it's a breath of fresh air and i say that as someone that actually enjoys a lot of these comic book films and yet i feel like this one just really showcases what a comic book film in animated format can really do above and beyond live action. Uh, I think the music is fantastic. The voice acting performances are just amazing. And like Michael was mentioning before the podcast, the, the amount of voice casts that are just now popping off is pretty incredible. Uh, the timing of it and you know, the music is great. I can't wait to actually go see this again in the theater. Um, It's one of the few rare films that I might actually seek out and go see the 3D version of as well. Because I think the visuals are just that strong. And I've actually heard really good things from the few screenings that actually uh, were done in 3D. And so... Yeah, I just – overall, just really, really fell in love with it. It's got a lot of emotion, a lot of heart, and it's just a lot of fun to watch.
0: Yeah, I, uh, on the 3D thing, I didn't see this in 3D, but it, it does seem like it's the type of film that would work in 3D as often animated films do because mm-hmm. they can boost the colors mm-hmm. and they can like really control – the backgrounds and stuff in a way that is harder to do in live action films um often like, i
1: heard i heard what happens is that i i think i heard it from the uh the the uh, w- black men can't jump in hollywood podcast and i think one of them was saying that like the word bubbles and things like that some of that stuff like gets pushed around in the background and, and like really interesting things happen with the depth of field and stuff like that, because there's a lot of like comic book effects in this film and they play with that. And so, yeah, I'm really, really curious. Uh, I don't know, like it's, it's sad because 3d is such a, a thing that like myself included just outright avoid period.
0: Oh yeah. I I haven't seen a 3d movie in forever.
1: (laughs) Um, the fact that I want to seek this out in 3d for like a second viewing is, uh, is actually pretty shocking to me, but you
0: know, uh, here we are. (laughs) All right. Michael Snydell.
3: Yeah. As as someone who has extreme superhero fatigue about, you know, even the ones that are supposed to be considered, you know, the best, like, like even something like black Panther is something that I can only take to an extent. Um, Like this this was I I almost didn't know what to do with this with how inventive it is from moment to moment. In the sense that, you know, I think story wise, especially a couple days away from it, it starts to feel a lot more like the beginning of a franchise than I would like it to. And it's just it's just a little bit too tight which is bizarre to say considering (laughs) that should be something that's good but it's just almost a little bit too compact but it's so smart about just you know about even people like me who are tired of these fucking movies about like bringing in origin stories and making fun of that and you know just telling me, why should I even care about multiple universes? Guys, that's the best thing I could say about this. I cared about a movie with multiple universes. The thing <laughs> that sounds like the worst thing in the world. And it's like, it is absolutely because of, as Bill said, like, this is just an incredibly charismatic film. The The actors are on point. The emotional beats are straightforward, but they hit really well. And the animation is just... It literally puts everything to shame. I, I you know, it's weird because mm-hmm. I don't see that many animated movies anymore. But like, even comparing this to the two, Dis- the Disney and Pixar effort this year, uh, Incredibles two and Wreck It Ralph, uh, Ralph breaks the Internet. You know, it's interesting because both of those, they are objectively nice looking. But they are nice looking. Like they – I don't feel like they're ever pushing the form. And the ways that this continually reminds you that you are on a comic book and like – I feel like the the buzzword for a lot of superhero films we were talking about is splash pages. And that was like our nice way of talking about how compositions can feel like a comic book. Like those people need to see this fucking movie because <laughs> <laughs> this puts them to shame. Yeah. Like – I like it's just weird because as I go away from it, there's some things where it's like a little bit more slight than I'd like. But I want to see this again because, again, I was just so amazed from moment to moment during these set pieces, just the the little flourishes. Even like Bill already mentioned the score, but the way that like uh, a a turntable scratching comes into the score, like just all over – uh, This is just not at all what you'd expect from something that could so easily be an easy cash in, and I really, really don't want
0: them to make the sequel that are <laughs> talking about. Yeah, totally. Yeah, person. I'm here from Ooh. another dimension, <laughs> swinging in. <Okay. laughs> Does that work, Brian? That's say Emma can go right now if she feels like it.
2: Yeah i I was so excited for this movie. Um, since like watching the first trailer that they put out, uh, because it looks amazing. And, um, I really couldn't wait to see that. And I heard that there was like something interesting going on with the animation. Uh, mm-hmm. and so I was like, Oh, cool. Like that sounds cool. I didn't like look up what exactly it was. Cause I just sort of wanted to go in, uh, without knowing a whole lot. And then the movie just completely blew me away. I loved it. It's one of my favorites of the year. Um, and the, style of animation that they like pretty much created was just totally mind blowing. Um and I loved looking at it. I think like it was a little bit weird like right at the beginning because it's sort of jerky, uh its mm-hmm. movements. And so it took me a couple minutes to get used to it, but then after that it was smooth going from there. And I was just so into the story and into all the characters in it and all the weird little references to weird Spider Man stuff <laughs> that uh, either you pick up on or, or you don't. Um, but yeah, I just, I totally had a great time.
0: All right. Yeah. Um, Should
2: I go further or? Nah, that's okay. <laughs>
3: no, that's <laughs> right. okay. I'm just curious. What's your general experience? Uh, like you're, I, I, I don't want you to, you don't have to give some hot take about superhero movies here, but w- what is your general feeling about, you, you know, was this something that you were feeling a little bit fatigue or is this something you've just been excited about? uh from the beginning as you were saying
2: i think i definitely like have caught the superhero movie fatigue that everyone else seems to uh have gotten which i think is totally fair like most of them a lot of the marvel movies get a lot of uh flack for being kind of the same movie over and over again and i feel like that's totally pretty much valid um for most of them uh but this like and again just honestly like going back to just the superficial way that it looked I was like this is totally something I've never seen before and I really mm-hmm. want I really hope that the story also matches the fact that it is groundbreaking in this very technical way um and I hope that it will also be just the entire movie experience will be that as well and it kind of was like I feel like at the end of the day it is still another Spider-Man origin story <laughs> it's just like 10 of them stacked <laughs> on top of each other <laughs> um but they did it in such a cool like a little bit winky a little bit self-referential um and i feel like that's phil lord and chris miller's like all that is probably them because they love doing that kind of thing
0: sure they're it, really it makes good you, at, at helping you... tired ideas go down smooth between yeah. the lego <laughs> movie and 21 jump street sure yeah Howdy with a chance it, of meatballs <laughs> It really makes you wish
1: that you could see their Han Solo film. Like I know, oh, I, oh my goodness!
2: <laughs> I walked out of it. I was sitting next to my friend. I was like, man, I wish I could have seen their cut because it would have been so much cooler.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um. I remember see. I remember seeing the trailer for this and just assuming that it was um going to be one of those DTV.
1: Yes, things. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly <laughs> what I thought. Yeah.
0: And um, I mean that's that's no slight on like the the evident quality of the animation because like, what was that? There was that like Batman samurai ninja. movie, <laughs> yeah. whatever the hell that was. Oh yeah. And like, that was getting like That'd a lot ninja. of trailer play and people were talking about it and the animation looked good. Like, you know, but it was nothing that they wanted polluting their theatrical brand. Um, I guess I didn't realize at the time that this is Sony who couldn't give a shit about that. So, <laughs> you know, this coming like, <laughs> like a month and a half after Venom, after they did all their other stuff, I mean, you know, when I was looking at the trailer for a I was like, oh, that's super interesting. It's so sad that, like, this isn't going to be a thing that people see because it's going to be on, like, DVD or iTunes. And then <laughs> I realized it was coming to theaters. I was like, oh, even better. And I have to say, yeah, I have I, I think I'm kind of with Michael and with uh, a lot of people who at least say out loud that they're super tired of all these superhero films despite the fact that they continue to make boatloads of money. And this movie, between its like wit and its humor and its willingness to not be quite so precious with some of like the the superhero iconography, but while still being totally rooted in the ideas and like the, the concepts that make Spider-Man such an enduring and important character to people like, this is great. I had, I had a, a whole bunch of fun and that's after all of the trailers which had deadened me inside first and made it so that i didn't want to see this movie
2: you had like the opposite reaction than i did well
0: i am well i was no no i mean the trailers that literally played before this movie oh oh, yeah because like it's (laughs) always rough when you go to a movie that's like ostensibly for children um and this movie is rated pg so of course like with The Incredibles, you're going to see some things before the movie that are not what you want to see, like A Dog's Way Home, Overcomer, and things like that. And I was, it's just one of those things where so many of them played before it, I was like, I know that they're not a reflection of the quality of this movie, but like, I just want to go home now. <laughs> but almost immediately, like the power of this movie is how fast it hooks you and how incredibly fun it is and how it 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 like it's one of the few movies where all the references and stuff like i could feel some of them only because i knew them and the ones that i missed which uh my friend dan Gavazdin wrote a an article for the heat vision at the hollywood reporter with like 96 references <laughs> and it's It's not one of those things where I was sitting there like, well, I didn't get that. And everyone else is laughing, you know, like they're Mm -hmm. so intricately woven in that they're, again, very like loving and tender, but not in like a hagiographic way. It's it's it was just like a real fun romp. And I think towards the end, as I thought about it, I had like one or two issues with the story and how fast some things moved and how diluted like the primary relationships that I really liked got as they kept adding more characters. But overall, yeah, this movie, this movie was a hell of a good time at the theater. It swings. It's yeah, This is the one swinging, (laughs) swinging flick. (laughs) (laughs) So upset with you, Bill. (laughs) Um, I have a question uh, in a broad sense. How like, is Spider-Man an important character to any of you?
2: I'm not, like, a huge, like, I have worked with people and I know people who are, like, Spider-Man is, like, the best thing in the whole world, Mm -hmm. uh, bar nothing. Um, I don't know, like, I grew up with, like, the Sam Raimi movies and I was aware of Spider-Man. I feel like Spider-Man's probably, like, the first Marvel superhero I could name, like, as a child, not even knowing the difference between, like, all the superhero houses. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, you know, you know Batman, you know Superman, but then, like, spider-man is also in that group sure um so he's like a very familiar character to me and i like i knew some of the things that they listed in the very beginning uh when he's going through like all the weird pop culture stuff that spider-man has been made to do (laughs) yeah um like the christmas album which is like a real thing um that was like the one thing that was like oh i know that i understood that that reference there (laughs) um
3: wait that was real That's like a real
2: thing? That happened. Oh. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's one of the best albums of all time. Right up there with The Simpsons Sing the Blues. (laughs) Which, yes, is also a real album. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast is just a slow, methodical representation of Michael's ever eroding faith in humanity. (laughs) (sighs) I, I, um... As a child, alongside the Fox X Men TV series, there mm-hmm. was um, a Spider Man TV series. Hell yeah. Which had one of the weirdest theme songs ever. Oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> it had that weird robot voice, and it was, it was like Radioactive
1: Spider Man. Yeah.
0: Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yes perfect representation
0: (laughs) it also was the movie or the movie the tv show that first introduced me to like how bleak something can be if it doesn't get to continue when it thinks it will Mm because i'm pretty sure the final episode of that tv show was mary jane getting cast into like some sort of weird shadow universe (laughs) and then they just didn't get reviewed so Mm -hmm. she's gone forever yeah (laughs) so she's just gone she's dead Um, and so yeah spider-man has always been around for me, but I'm not the type of person who's super precious with characters. And I think that one of the the big things about this movie is actually, it it made me care about not just Miles Morales a lot, but even like Spider-Man as I had known him a lot Mm. more than I had previously. And I'd love to throw this out there. I don't feel like this is a controversial opinion, but maybe it is. I think this movie proves that like, Animation is the place where our superheroes thrive the most. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. (laughs) It's
1: funny, though, because, you know, coming into this, there's been a shit ton of uh, DC animated films and Marvel animated films. And a couple of years ago, it it was funny. I've heard some people say that, like, this is the most comic booky. Like animation they've ever seen. Like, it, that's, that exists, right? And, you know, people like to say a lot of like overzealous things like that. And it's like, this is the most comic book thing I've ever seen.
0: People and... say that about uh, <laughs> Hulk by Ang Lee a lot. Mm. Well,.
1: There was something called Marvel Knights that uh, started happening a couple of years ago that I actually reviewed, I think, for the film stage. And they basically took frames of comics and, like, photoshopped and animated the actual characters. And mm-hmm. so, like, you could actually see them moving around on the screen, but they were using the original art from the actual frames of the actual comic that they were adapting Hmm. and it actually looked like decent like the action wasn't super great or anything like that because they would obviously have to animate a lot and a lot of it was like kind of stills and things like that and so you would see characters mouths moving and things like that but that was a literal embodiment of like the comic book come to life And yet, this film manages to just shit on that all over the place. And it's just (laughs) like, oh, you thought that was kind of clever and kind of good. Well, let me show you what, like, comic books suck. Like, this could never be a comic book. This, you know, zips past, like, any bounds of a comic book. And like just the simple fact of like seeing spider-man and some of his other iterations like walk sideways on a building i was just struck dumb and i was just like they could never pull this off in live action and make me think anything but that there's a bunch of wires or this is green screen or it's some kind of tilted camera thing and whatever and it's like for some reason you watch it in animation and you're just like, this is fucking awesome. But if it happened in live action, you immediately just be like, ah, that's a bunch of bullshit.
0: And that's, that's kind (laughs) of what I was, that's kind of what I was going for. I mean, like between this and the Incredibles and I mean, just like, they're actually my favorite Spider-Man that I'd ever seen before. This one was a TV show that my nephew was watching one day called the spectacular Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was just the same thing. It's like you you, you. – first of all, you're able to, I think, empathize with the characters more because you can animate them in ways that like you – you'll never be able to create a live action suit that is as emotive as a, a an illustrated one. Mm-hmm. And also, you can have like a 14 or 15-year-old kid who looks like a 14 or 15-year-old kid because you didn't have to hire someone who's in their mid-20s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And <laughs> – Things like that go a long way. But like you said, Bill, like in this movie, someone walks along the ground and then is able to walk up a wall with the same gait sure. and the same normalcy and naturalism. And it just it, it's a cohesive world in a way that like you don't get from the live action Marvel films, and anyone can fight me on this if they want to. But when a Marvel film live action kicks into like a big battle scene, you can almost feel like the, uh, like a film going over the lens and just being like, sure. all right, we're about to go into CG world so you can turn your brain off for a sec while all this happens. But in this, <laughs> it's still – there's a continuity, I guess, of reality I think is the best way I can think to put it. And so it all just feels a lot more cohesive and there's never that kind of remove because I'm not seeing CGI Iron Man. I'm seeing Miles Morales animated in the way that he has been animated for as long as I've known him. Entering into the fray. And therefore, paradoxically, even though he is less real than a person who is portrayed outside of the suit by Robert Downey Jr., I still feel more like fear and empathy for him because he hasn't fundamentally changed his medium. Hmm. There's
2: never that like uncanny valley, like, okay, we're gonna see a CGI human now do something weird and sort of and try really hard to make it look like they're real, but we know that it's not.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: I think actually, uh, Bilga Beery, the film critic had a really good piece for Vulture recently about like how special effects in movies really just aren't that special anymore. Mm-hmm. Because I, I read we, that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause when we go to the theater, when we see like some big budget movie, we know that, you know, there's going to be lots of CGI and then we look at stuff and we are like, yeah, that's CGI, like whatever. Sure. Like we could take it or leave it. It's not that important. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and they're not like really mind blowing anymore in the ways in which they were when this stuff was like still new and kind of looked really bad (laughs) well and that
1: that that just goes back to like uh, people's visceral reactions to mad max fury road when Mm -hmm. it was just everybody was was just losing their head and it was because it wasn't a special effect it's all real Yeah, they did some digital manipulation. They took out some wires and things like that. But by God, they crashed cars, they exploded vehicles, and they were out there in the desert running like like crazy. And so, you know, that realism, yeah, when you start, To just be able to look at the screen and say, okay, that's not real. Okay, that's not real. And like, that's what I've always argued is movie magic was Jurassic Park movie magic was being able to look at the screen and not really know because there was a blend of, of live action, practical effects with like cutting edge CG that was just kind of blurring that line. And yeah, uh, you know, a lot of these superhero films, you just watch and you're just like, did they? You know, they filmed this in Arizona. Like, <laughs> that doesn't look like Arizona. You know, it's just like, okay, so they just inserted a bunch of backgrounds and all of this other stuff, and yeah, um, you can
0: you can feel the the second unit and like the animatic team take over at a certain point. Mm-hmm. I mean, in um in that piece uh, by Bill Gobiri, he he brought up that like. You know, but sometimes even now we can create special effects that are truly special. But what it takes is like a director who is super committed to them and will shoot for the effect. And he, I, I bring it up because I, I recently last week rewatched uh, *Blade Runner* twenty forty nine,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you know, love or hate that movie, I, I happen to love it. The special effects in that are so good, and. It's just night and day because, like, he knew, uh, you know, Denisville knew knew what he wanted to do, got Roger, Roger Deakins to light for it, and then you're just more able to seamlessly work everything in, and you're also able to give your 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 technicians the time necessary to do the good work. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not just saying, okay, so everyone, you're standing on a green screen. Um, we're just going to light it really brightly. You know, so everything's going to look kind of flat and that way we don't have to really worry about reflections and shadows and stuff. And, um, okay, action. Okay, cut. Great. All right. We'll mm-hmm. do the rest in post. <laughs> the rest of this 20-minute action scene will happen in post. Like, and this movie, because it's animated, has to have, again, that kind of attention to detail. Like, if if you know what's going on, if you know what's going to happen, you can you can better work for it. And I think that, like... Every scene and set piece of this, you know, regardless of how I think that the the primary emotional story beats kind of get muddled towards the end is there's just so much care and attention to detail. It's it's so good. Mm -hmm. And I'm just happy that we're still making movies like this.
2: (laughs) When I uh, talked to the directors, I talked to all three directors all at the same time. It was really intense. Um, (laughs) But they said that like one second of animation took like a week and a half to do. Mm-hmm. Um and so they were just like doing that for like two years or however long they needed to to take uh to make it. And they um I also asked them like because it's it's a little bit jerky because you're it's kind of like looking at a flip book almost and like also mm-hmm. like looking at a spread in a comic book and I asked them about that and they were like, Yeah, well luckily <laughs> the animation was on every like other frame. Yeah. So we didn't have to do every single one, but still, you know, it took a super <laughs> long time. Yeah. All the animators went blind. I
3: think... (laughs) It is... It is a little bit weird talking about this in relation to, like, Uncanny Valley, though, because, you know, what we're... uh, We were talking about, like, the... How organic things feel in animation, and, like, as Emma was already saying, like, it's just, like, the way that it is jerky, though, is... uh, It's... There is... Like, Uncanny Valley obviously isn't the right word for it, but there is, like, a... um, uh, a, a disruption and a sense of like destabilizing that exists to, through like, that whole movie that yeah, that you said you were saying you got used to it. I believe yeah,
2: it takes a minute to like, okay, I get it now.
3: But that's like, but that is, that does feel kind of like a, a secondary conversation I, in relation to this, you know, even comparing it to other animated films this year, like Incredibles uh, two. um, like shortly before you, it came in. Emma I was just talking about how, compared to you know the other animated movies this year, like Into the Spider Verse just kind of amazed me from moment to moment. Mm-hmm. The way that it was just continually, you know, just continually almost one-upping itself. <laughs> like, and and it's just it's, I, it's just strange to me to see something. Um, that does seem, you know, not only risky, like if you look at it for a second, you're like, wait, my, I I don't, my eyes don't quite know what to do with this. Like, and it is in relation to like, you know, I, I think it is totally fair to put it in parallel to, you know, something like, I can't help but think of like, uh, you know, Infinity War, Spider-Man Homecoming, where, where Brian's like, right. Like you feel the gears start to turn when we're entering into a set piece or something. But like, it's, um. I, I, I guess that's the one thing I w- I wanted to say is that like animation is definitely the right medium for this, but I think specifically this, uh, yeah, more prickly type animation is is even more the medium than you know, and and I guess I mean, would you guys compare this to something like a Lego movie? I, I, as much yeah. as it's well... easy to do the Lord comparison.
1: I mean, I mean, Lego Movie was specifically shot, and like that was an effect they were going for. And again, I guess when they were approached originally to do this, um, that was their kind of in- inspiration was to make it. Have its own style, and that's what they kind of push for um you know i don't want to give Lord Miller too much credit because it sure. is actually mainly Lord that is behind uh the 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 story and then co writing the screenplay along with uh Rothman but you know. <laughs> And it's the art directors and the
0: teams, like yeah, like, sure.
3: Well, uh, but not I mean, you can't you all the can't comics. Help.
0: Not to mention all the comic stories that ahead. came before and like really That's set <laughs> up these characters in these sure. worlds.
1: Sure, but I feel like their influence, more than anything, is probably on the way that this film looks, and just having them behind it. And pushing for that was enough to probably get these directors, the green light, to go ahead and keep animating in that style or at least going down that path. Um, I mean, look, they – Lord and Miller had to fight a a long battle to get the Lego movie to look the way it did and it made a bunch of money and then they quickly pumped out like two sequels, right, or two spinoffs. So, you know, clearly – it showed that audiences were prepared to embrace that kind of animation style that was just a little bit wacky. And, you know, even if you go back and look at something like Wreck-It Ralph kind of takes a little bit of inspiration from it as well in the way that they animate some of those characters. Mm. And so it's just like, okay, so I think the, that film really prepped audiences and, and, Uh, the producers in hollywood to basically say okay big budget animated features can have a little bit of original kind of looks and feels to it and it won't throw everybody you know out the window and you know sink our costs or whatever so yeah i i mean just the way this film looks i i think it we've already overstated it to this point. We've been talking about the way it looks for a while now, <laughs> yeah, but I, I but I just feel like that is something that really is groundbreaking and it's and it feels as a cohesive whole, it feels so refreshing to see something new because if it did look like every other animated Pixar film or something, I feel like this film would still do well it would still have a lot of the reactions it's gotten, but not nearly as much as the visuals have aided it, so.
2: Yeah, I think it's definitely a visual experience, primarily, more than, like, story, even though I do enjoy the story as well. I think it's mo- it's one of those things, like, and I've heard this over and over again since, like, seeing it um, and, like, talking to people. People just say, like, you have to see it. Like, you have to go and watch what they've done and just, like, Appreciate that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, um, I, I've already, I've already kind of <clears throat> lightly said that I have story issues, but you know, I can't, I can't deny that you, you got to go and see it in a theater and check it out and see some of the things that they do, and also just like the playfulness and the visual inventiveness yeah. of certain scenes. Uh, there's a scene when like everyone in a room suddenly has a gun, <laughs> um, and <laughs> There's, it, it really does have Attack like those that. bagels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to get the bagels. Um, <laughs> There's there's a, a kind of quirky playfulness that like you're not allowed to do often. It's, even, in, even in certain animated films, Uh, you know, we've gotten to a point where, where there was an arms race for like most photorealistic depictions of reality. And I think only now are animation studios allowing themselves to once again get a little weird with it.
2: Mm-hmm. you know like and, um, beowulf
0: <laughs> <laughs> well that was mocap which is different okay. um but yeah that's terrifying um <laughs> and i think that uh this movie is a good step forward in allowing for some latitude in that way i mean like you know in addition to the to <laughs> in addition to like the thought bubbles and the little like scary lines that come out when someone like snaps or something just like the scene where he gets his hand caught in Gwen Stacy's hair
1: Oh yeah. my gosh, mm-hmm.
0: is just like goofy <laughs> and cartoonish to the extreme and not something that you could do in uh, live action and get away with. But even in something like Tangled, you know, she, she, she knocks Flynn Rider around with a frying pan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then tries to shove him into a closet for a long time. But, like, even that has a weird kind of, like, reality to it um, that makes it almost honestly a little uncomfortable to watch. Because um, every time he hits the floor with his face, you're like, oh, God. Because mm-hmm. they just don't have that same elasticity and, and weightlessness that you get in a movie like this. And um I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, like, there's, in a lot of the movement, you can see, like, their bodies will sort of morph and stretch mm-hmm. um, uh, as they, like, swing around or, you know, punch each other or whatever. And that's, like, something that you really can't do in a movie like like Tangled or like um, The Incredibles unless it's, like, Elastigirl. <laughs> um, but they all <laughs> yeah. have, like, in CGI movies, not like this, not like Spider-Man, they have, like, this form that they just, they must keep um because it's really difficult to like change that.
0: Yeah, they have like a, a character model that yeah. that's kind of manipulated. Yeah. And mm-hmm.
2: in this they totally throw that out the window and they're like we can just they their his hand can go wherever it wants. <laughs> 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 uh, you know, in the other end of the screen like it's totally fine and we'll make it work. And uh, and that's one thing that I really loved watching during the action sequences in particular.
0: And that's something that Michael brought up uh earlier when he talked about like how people say like certain not so crazy, not particularly good shots in a, in a superhero movie or like a splash page Mm -hmm. and that they should see this movie because this movie, because of that unreality and because of just like the freedom of animation to kind of break, you know, space and bodies in interesting ways. um, This movie has that in, in, in the kind of exciting way that you get from an actual comic book panel. And I think that, you know, as fun as it is to see certain superheroes on the screen, you know, there's something to that tagline, like, you will believe a man can fly. Like, that, <laughs> you want that sometimes. But, like, I just can't imagine being a comic book fan and, like, wanting the Marvel aesthetic and everything, especially now having seen this and seeing, like, what, what you can be capable of if you, like, allow it to return a little bit to its, to its illustrated roots. Mm -hmm. so we've been talking for a bit i think we are just about ready to get into we have said nothing about the content of this movie (laughs) that's fine with me (laughs) i don't have spoilers is where the content is man talk about who dies (laughs) talk about uh noir spider-man playing with a rubik's cube (laughs) (laughs) to that uh to that end um now that we're in spoilers um Wait, that was we probably all, my favorite definitely recommend this movie then did we do that yeah we, I, we all I recommend guess we did. it right i don't yeah. feel like <laughs> yeah. anyone <I> who's <laughs> listening would think <laughs> that think one of us clear. disliked this movie <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
2: clear we liked it yeah
0: yeah Thanks.
1: and and it's and it's clear we made it very obvious that you need to fucking see this movie in the <laughs> <Yeah>. theater <laughs> like like if you take anything away from our conversation right now it's, oh i I guess i need to see this in a theater this is maybe even in 3d
0: <laughs> this isn't like roma you won't love watching this on your phone you've <laughs> got to go see this in a theater <laughs> oh jesus yeah. um, i apologize for picking that wound yeah my favorite i think my favorite joke in this movie and something that kind of proves my point about how the animation allows it a certain amount of freedom is like noir spider-man spider-noir i don't know what they call him um i could probably scroll down on this page where i have all the character names um yeah spider-man noir voiced by Nicolas cage is um (laughs) sitting on a couch looking at a rubik's cube doesn't understand it and is just like is this purple (laughs) because he lives his life in black and white and it's not it's not like if you were to pull humphrey bogart into the real world and say like doesn't this look crazy and he'd probably give you a withering look stick a cigarette in his mouth and say we had color in the 30s you idiot um (laughs) that's his world that's his life and he takes the rubik's cube with him when he goes home and there's that i think that sort of encapsulates like my full love of this this movie and it's it's animation and it's playfulness and thoughtfulness Uh
3: yeah i i I think that's a great way to 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 go into like You know, even all of those – the many different Spider universes that come, including Spider-Man in Sweatpants, which is obviously the best Spider-Man. But, (laughs) um, you know, like Spider-Ham, Penny, like these – Gwen Stacy, these are all characters that, you know, could be punchlines. And I think that they do a really good job in giving all of these characters, like, surprising agency, like giving them a moment, like – like, even characters I didn't think I cared about when they were about to leave, I was like, wait, don't leave. <laughs> like, it's it's just weird to see a movie, you know, as much as I think that this movie's a little bit overstuffed, I think it gives a moment to, like, all of its principal cast in in a way that honestly really surprised me with you know maybe with a few exceptions of uh like My- Miles parents i don't think get quite as much um and that and that might be a good way to transition into uh, Brian is your are are some of your plot problems in relation to Miles storyline or just
0: uh the larger plot or um Yeah, I would say that they're related to Miles' storyline and how he he reacts with uh, Peter B. Parker, um, who is voiced by Jake Johnson. Um, I I found myself perfect by the way. Oh my god! (laughs) Just first of all, let me sprinkle some New Girl love on this. If you had told me when I first started watching New Girl that Jake Johnson would someday voice Spider Man.
3: Slob Spider-Man.
0: Yeah. I don't yeah, sense. I think I would have I think I would have said like a slob a slobby kind of one. Like the Nick Newman of spider yeah, yeah, the the <laughs> Nick Newman of Spider-Man. Um and um Oh Nick Miller. Nick Newman is a person from the yeah. film stage. Yeah, yes. Nick Miller of Spider-Man. Anyway, uh getting myself back on track after I've made that weird freedom <laughs> slip. Um Yeah, I think that, that would have been crazy. I, I found myself just really like in love with their kind of weird kinship and i was looking forward to more of their mentor mentee kind of relationship mm-hmm. but once they get to the spider cave it's it becomes again about like stopping the par- the particle collider and you kind of lose a little more of that that kind of sweet father son thing which is fine and understandable but then they make such a big deal out of like apparently all this time with miles has like made peter b parker understand that he's like okay with being a father and like might actually love it and you know and and and, like that's a touching moving thing to do for the spider when he's like do i want wait do i want kids it's pretty great yeah (laughs) and i just wish there had been more of that like they have their moments swinging in the forest but like I think it it almost would have been fun to have, like, you know, a Cats in the Cradle montage where, like, he shows him how to do even more spider things. Mm-hmm. But like I said, once they get back from, from chasing down um, or getting chased by uh, Doc Ock and then, you okay. know, get back from the forest, they're like, all right, we've got to go and, and stop the thing and get the goober and all this other stuff. And it just <laughs> becomes a little more plot on wheels. And it's it's also weird because that's the exact same time that we learn the truth about Aaron. And, you know, then, then Aaron is killed. And then, you know, Miles' dad is against Spider-Man even more. But then, like, that resolves itself without ever actually becoming a problem. Mm-hmm. So it's things like that. It just, you know but like, would I trade spider ham in order to get those greater <laughs> narrative things that I want? You know, just why would you make me make that choice? Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah,
0: it,
1: it, it feels overstuffed, uh, runtime listed here at 117 minutes. So it's just, just creeping up on that two hour mark. And I feel like that is kind of the golden ticket for most animated films to, make you basically start like wiggling in your seat and you're like, Ooh, okay, this is, this is getting long, you know? And they got a lot of characters to kind of go through. They got a lot of little montages to get through. Um, there's a lot in this film and yet it feels overstuffed and it feels kind of rushed. And yet the more you kind of think about it, the more you're like, but but where do I trade that off? Where do I make room for other things? And you you start to realize the only way that you can do it is to add screen time and you're like, <laughs> but I don't really want to do that either. So, you know, it is it is one of these things where if this film hadn't worked, they kind of had to set it up so that it was a standalone thing. And I think that's something that that it isn't gonna get enough credit four is it feeling like you can walk into this having known very little about spider-man and have a blast Mm -hmm. and you can walk into this having a ton of knowledge of spider-man and also have just as much fun Mm -hmm. um i feel like the quips the the fun the sense of humor it nails itself so well and what i really love is when it introduces new characters, you start to see the interplay and you start to see that they're all kind of similar in certain aspects in certain ways. And so it's easy for you to just be like, Oh, there's another one of them. Oh, there's another one of them. And when you put them all together, they're all funny and jokey and fun to be around. Of course they are, you know, because that's kind of the Spider-Man character as a character. And so, yeah, I I feel like this film won't get enough credit for kind of being its own thing because more than likely in a few years we'll have, like, two more of these things. And so we'll just be like, hey, remember when that one-off thing, we thought it was going to be a one-off thing, and then it ended up being, like, five more?
3: <laughs> I, don't, but, I don't mean to be a downer, but did anyone see the report about what they were thinking of?
2: They have, like, a bunch of stuff green greenlit now, right?
3: spider focusing on Gwen,
2: right? Yeah. Yeah,
3: they're doing a Gwen Stacy, but then they want specifically the romance between Miles and Gwen to be a big part of it, which part of what I loved about this one is that they didn't have a romance um that it was platonic. Um I
0: mean, it's platonic on her end. He's crushing pretty hard. Yeah, he's <laughs>
1: definitely crushing pretty hard. I mean he, he he pulls the the shoulder tap move. Like, that's how he gets into so much trouble. That's why she has half of her head shaved. If,
0: you're, if your hand has already been sticking <laughs> to things, look, <laughs> don't pull the shoulder, the shoulder grab.
1: <laughs> or just <clears throat> grab her shoulder. <laughs>
0: don't grab her hair. I don't know why he grabbed her hair. But, um, what was I going to say? Um, I was curious if if anyone else had the same kind of feeling as me or if I'm just being like a downer. Like, Emma, did did you feel any of the weird deceleration of the personal story that i felt
2: like dread or oh do you mean like in the movie or with like the stuff that was announced after
0: oh uh you know both (laughs) i guess (laughs) in the movie did you feel like it ever lost sight of the characters for the plot and are you worried about its future
2: (laughs) i will address these questions now um i did i think yeah my only big criticism in the movie which i think is a lot of people's criticism is that it really decided against deepening any relationship between him and his parents Mm -hmm. partially or mostly i think because he had that kind of parent son thing going with the other spider-man um like that's kind of the whole movie and which made like the end with him and his dad with his dad like reconciling with spider-man kind of feel a little bit weird Mm um and I think I do understand why they did it because as you guys were saying, like if this was a one-off movie, like then the story would be its own coherent thing and it would wrap up and it would be fine. Um, but I did kind of wish that at that ending, like very particular moment when uh, his dad and he are like face to face that there was like some tension left. I don't know. Cause his dad like really doesn't like Spider-Man and <laughs> it seemed weird to just have him be like, I okay, like fine. I guess we're cool now, or like we're cooler than we were. Um mm-hmm. I think right, I would have he... liked it more if he had kept that sort of like he kinda has to stay away from his father when he's doing this thing that he's sort of like been picked by destiny to do. Mm-hmm. I kind of like those kinds of stories and so I was sort of wishing that this went in the same direction. But you know, I don't know.
0: I feel that in a similar way because again, like his dad sees his his brother Aaron dead and sees Spider-Man and he's like, Oh my God, Spider-Man killed my brother, which is, yeah. <laughs> you know, an echo of, of how, uh, younger Osborne felt. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, fine. You see someone standing over your dead relative, probably going to make that connection. But then, yeah, he like, he just sees him fighting Kingpin and I guess like his stick to itiveness and gumption wins over his father. <laughs> And then his dad is like, you know, I thought I knew, but maybe I was wrong because that kid beat up that that huge man and threw him into a portal. Um, And so that was kind of weird for me. I, I wasn't sure what to make of that. And and I just I don't know. Am I an idiot? Does his dad know that it's him? <laughs> no,
2: no. He well, not. he has that whole. He says like, I love you, and then his dad is like, Wait, what? Which okay. I did think was very sweet, and I that was very funny. But yeah.
0: I wasn't sure if, like, his dad's weirdness was like, oh, okay, my son is Spider-Man and that's why he said he loved me. Because I just (laughs) – I I would feel weird if a superhero told me that they loved me. I don't don't know. I feel like I would have more of a reaction than his father did. (laughs) I was actually – I was waiting for his father to say that's a copy as he walked away. Mm -hmm. I thought that it was going to, like, echo in that way. But I guess – no. I guess his dad still doesn't know. And –
3: I, I, what I kind of cop like...
0: father is so cool with not seeing his son and not hearing from him for like <laughs> three days in a row? <laughs>
1: Uh well I mean he kind he of was definitely suck. I don't know. He he definitely like freaks out. Like I mean he's he's calling his brother who he hasn't apparently talked to in like years. Yeah. Um you know he's he visits him at his dorm and like sees the shadow underneath the door and so just like has that like I don't know like that was really touching, and that that kind of gave me everything I really needed from that relationship was him just talking to his son and knowing that you know his son probably wasn't gonna react and wasn't gonna say anything back, and for it to have that kind of emotional weight and have him all tied up like that, and he can't even talk, and like all of that like it was it was just staged so well that it gave him a moment to kind of talk. And be heard and not have to, you know, talk over him or fight against anything that he said and just say his piece and then, and then kind of leave. Um, and, you know, I think it has to be said that maybe you're giving a little bit less credit to what is actually happening in the reality of the story. Uh, he just saw his world Spider Man die they had a giant vigil for him in like the main street and then all of a sudden he hears like 10 other Spider-Men <laughs> and he's just like, wait, what is going on? And then he saw a giant particle collider that split open worlds that like messed with his own world and dimensions and yeah, I think, I think he's probably just like, I don't really know what to make of any of this right now. And the fact that Spider-Man and me are okay because Spider-Man basically turned that shit off. I think I think I'm going to kind of cool down on this Spider-Man thing for a little bit and just kind of <laughs> just kind of see where it goes. Like let's let's see how this relationship develops because I definitely know that Peter Park like that was the shocking thing to me was in this film they announce Peter Parker Spider-Man is dead and I was like, "Wait, so, like, did everybody know that it was Peter Parker, or was it kind of maybe known for some people, and now it's, it's, like, a big open thing, like,
2: everybody knows now? Like, I don't I think know, It's like, was weird. It's like Wouldn't they have, like, found his body, and then they're like, oh, it's Peter Parker? I
0: think part of me was like, is this, like, a deep throat thing where it's like, well, he's dead now, it doesn't matter, like, <laughs> hmm you know, I, you know, Mary Jane might have been like, oh, Peter Parker died. And then the cops come and are like, your husband's dead and it's real messed up. We're not sure how it happened. And she just went, oh, he was Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, you know, at some point, maybe, maybe we should have like some kind of confirmation thing where it's like, was he Spider-Man? I don't know. You know, like I can see that. Like, I think a press release News is fine, headline. especially
0: when. <laughs> when Spider-Man stops swinging around and Peter Parker's dead, it's like, well, sure. Must have been him. I am curious Mm -hmm. uh, to go back to part B of the initial question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Emma, do you have any fears going forward that this is going to become, I guess, kind of the same way that like, you know, Iron Man started and everyone was like, holy crap, it was so fun. And now we're like, yeah, right. Of course, Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming out.
2: Um, The only thing that I am afraid of, which I think is probably what everyone is afraid of, is that they will, just conform to this formula that clearly works. And they're like, well, we can just do this again mm-hmm. um, and make it just super boring. I, th- I
0: have, I have a similar fear. Cause one of the like, like community, the NBC television show had an episode where like they, they were looking at a bunch of stuff. They'd found in an air vent cause a monkey stole it. And they had this whole thing where they had flashbacks to things that we had never seen as viewers of the television show. Um, And that was super cool. But if they did that every week, it would have slowly become very annoying and less interesting. And this seems like a dynamite one-off premise for a film. And I'm really worried that they're going to be like, well, we have this open world. We can do whatever we want. We should just keep doing the same surprising thing that we did the first time. Mm -hmm.
2: It's my hope. is that there are people, like, in the planning meetings for these for these things being, like, this worked because it was different, mm-hmm. and that's what we need to do going forward. Like, I hope that there's, like, at least one person who shares my, <laughs> well, uh, I
1: think, my thoughts on this. I, I think that's the beauty of Lord and Miller, because, you know, they... Uh, if if they do end up coming back to this in some kind of creative capacity, whether it's kind of like Lego Movie 2 where they're not like strictly di- directors but maybe they – you know, work heavily on the story and development. Hopefully they're able to kind of tweak it enough to where it doesn't feel super stale because I mean, going from 21 jump street to 22 jump street, which just a seemed like a fucking terrible idea, uh, on paper. And then B, in execution was actually still a lot of fun because they managed to like make fun of the fact that it is a sequel and like have fun with that too yeah and so i'm i'm (laughs) it's it's their involvement potential involvement in sequels in future for uh future films in this kind of franchise that gives me hope if it wasn't them behind it i feel like some of that wind would would kind of die down, and so I don't know. Like, hopefully, hopefully they are smart enough to basically say, "Hey, y'all, y'all sh- kind of helped us get into this kind of mode. Let's see what else we can do with
0: it." So, right, treat treat the multiverse not as the main point of everything, but as a fun thing that you can do in order to do something else that's more interesting. Yeah, because like and. 22 Jump Street, this is fun. I just watched that movie like two days ago because <laughs> why not? And that movie is is entirely about that idea um, about like just do the same thing. Do the same thing mm-hmm. and it's going to be great. And they sure. do that and then they realize that that's the reason they can't crack the case is because mm-hmm. they've been working on the same assumption that they did from the last case. It was actually the complete and utter reverse. Um, so, yeah, Lord and Miller are clearly aware of that and – the hope would be that, you know, whatever amount of, of input they had in this movie, they will continue to be able to exert that influence in order to give interesting storytellers the freedom that they need to do this again. hmm Yeah.
3: I mean, I think we've somewhat uh, – I, I mean, we've somewhat like indirectly already said it, but I, I think it'll be fascinating to see as well, you know, these spinoffs and sequels, which – Let's be let's be clear they're inevitable. <laughs> um, they it, it'll be very interesting to see whether they seem to want to draw in so many different stories all at once, or whether they will kind of spread out. Like the very idea of doing specifically a Gwen Stacy story requires them. Um, like they don't they can't go back to this same well and as brian as you just said like uh, you know lord and mill have already done the um they've already done the like meta why are we doing this again oh let's let's try something totally different like you can only go back to that well so many times and like i'm not necessarily tired of, of it with them but i will say that like The reflexive meta quality is something that's perhaps in a little bit too much of their work at this point. Like uh, part of the reason, again, is obviously being able to balance that meta stuff with like very sincere emotional beats. But it is just – I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with those futures. You know, whether Lord and Mill are involved or not, just because this could have easily. I I don't know. I think there's enough plot for. You know, I I think they very easily could have done an end credit sequence that revealed (laughs) the spider universe. Like, as you said, Brian, this could have totally just been about uh, Peter B. Parker and Miles.
0: Well, that's the. That's the funny thing is, like, everyone, you know, well, not everyone, but a lot of what's been written is, like, ooh, Miles and Gwen, Miles and Gwen, what does it mean that she came back at the end in whatever form that she did? And I was, like, no, fuck that. Like, give me Miles and Peter again. Like, Uh (laughs) I want Miles to, like, go to Peter's world and, like, meet Mary Jane and Peter to be, like, this is the kid, like, that I sort of helped, like, raise into a (laughs) Spider-Man. This is the Uh Spider-Kid that I helped bring into Spider-Manhood. And now... (laughs) And just like I'm I'm uncomfortable, (laughs) don't say that again. (laughs) Well, he's he's Jewish, so you know he helped him become a man. Oh boy, which is something that there's like a lot of fun little side things, and we can't get into all of them. But like the fact that Miles' World's Peter Parker is buried at St. Patrick's, and when we see Peter B. Parker get married, he clearly is taking part in a Jewish ceremony. I was like, I want to know the story behind that. Like, Mm -hmm. what's the difference between the worlds that suddenly Peter Parker in one is Jewish and in the other one, he's Catholic. Um, And I want to say also that I won't say it's the exact same guy, but clearly Jake Johnson's Peter Parker is the closest to the Tobey Maguire Peter Parker. Sure.
1: Mm. Right? Yes. Yes. In 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 a lot of ways, I think it it is him basically being able to grow up and and kind of be that. Um, I the the Chris Pine Peter Parker is kind of the I don't know it's it's it is the idealized version. He is blonde hair and blue eye, which like I don't think any Spider Man version I've ever seen has been blonde hair and blue eye. So it it is that like.
3: Hyper Aryan,
0: Bill. Yes. (laughs) First (laughs) of all, Chris Pine himself is blonde-haired and blue-eyed, and he is a treasure, Michael. Mm, Yes. One of the best Chrises, but like, you know. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Emma, give us your ranking of Chrises.
2: Pine, Hemsworth. um, Who's the one that's not Chris Pratt? Evans. Evans. Evans, Pratt. That's okay. is. <laughs> Who is the one that's not Pratt? <laughs> oh, him before Pratt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh
0: geez.
2: Oh. Uh, that's an acceptable ranking. Somewhere. Okay, great.
0: I would go. I would go Pine Evans Hemsworth Pratt. personally, but okay. you know that's just me.
2: Evans and Hemsworth are—they're both like I love them both equally. Okay. I feel like they both have their their pros and no cons.
3: I, I just love how Pratt like used to be higher in the Chris ranking. You know. <laughs> Four five years ago,
2: then he got and as, soon as
3: Jurassic World happened, <laughs> it's like no, no, not into it anymore.
0: The problem with Chris Pratt is Ugh. you hung out with him one night and had a great time, and then you became his <laughs> roommate, and now you realize that that's just who he is,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's also out. kind of a douche.
1: <laughs> Anyways,
0: uh, glad that we were talking uh, about this.
1: Let's let's talk a little bit about Miles Morales because I think I think it's really interesting you know i thought i've i've been kind of aware of morales for a while as a comic book creation but i didn't realize how new he actually is and he basically came onto the scene in 2011 um that's how new he was and he was like the artists behind him have like been vocal about the fact that like he's kind of partly inspired by barack obama but also like heavily influenced by Donald Glover, mm-hmm. uh, who also had like his own kind of little private campaign for sure. like becoming a Spider-Man, which is which is a real shame that like he didn't voice a character in this. I I don't know if that's like hit Donald Glover being like I I am already in the other Spider-Man films, so maybe I don't need to be in this, or maybe he's just like, yeah, y- y'all y'all do your thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold this one out but he was also
3: doing a tv oh no maybe that's a deadpool tv series not a spider-man tv series
1: yes yes guy's
3: developing
1: yes um so i don't i don't know like i like just have him voice like a side character or anything but the fact that like i didn't hear that much about him i don't know i mean maybe maybe he's done some interviews or maybe they've been asked about that and like said some things. Did you, did you happen to ask that about them?
2: I about them? actually didn't, um, I think I thought about it, and then, like, I didn't have time. <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> um,
1: With three of them, if if any one of them answers a question, and then the other one chimes in, you're like, oh, shit, well, here went half my questions.
2: <laughs> I was, like, asking them, I kept having to ask them, like, who's talking? Oh, who's the speaking? Who is this yep. name? <laughs> oh, it was yeah. really great. Oh, yeah. I feel like, um, I saw somewhere that Donald Glover was like involved in like getting Spider-Verse kind of off the ground, but that could have just been uh-huh. not true. I don't know.
0: <laughs> it um, might have been like in a general cultural way. Right, yeah. <laughs> like if it weren't for Donald Glover bringing more attention to Miles Morales, we never would have gotten Spider-Verse. Okay, if you put Post Malone in your fucking movie, you could have put Donald <laughs> Glover in your movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, they didn't even have his music in it. That's it, it it just seems really weird and odd that like he is not like heavily involved in this thing that he kind of like has a little bit of ownership
0: over. I don't. Like, I mean, Barack Obama's not in it either. I mean, it's no, it's, a, it's a movie. What? They cast voices. This, is, yeah,
1: <laughs> but like Donald Glover is it, like you don't see Barack Obama making TV shows either. So, well, like, he was on like, uh,
0: that David Letterman year. show, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and wait, I he just got signed to a Netflix
0: deal. Yeah. <laughs> I said
2: making. <laughs> um, Glover is in Spider Verse. I just found this.
0: Oh, uh, I
2: just did some quick googling on my phone. Uh, apparently he is, it's, he's not like in it, in it, but he, uh, there's a scene, it's the scene where Miles is at his uncle's house and the TV is on. Um, and it's playing like blurry in the background. There is the Spider-Man spider pajamas bit from community. Oh (laughs) Oh. That's like on TV.
0: Nice. I love that. There you go. That's great. So now my community non sequitur isn't so much of a non sequitur anymore. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. I, I did I did want to ask, since we're talking about Miles Morales, I, for another thing, it's not an emotional beat, but it was still something that didn't quite hit as well as I wanted to. I was a little confused about his two powers and the way that that uh, feeds into the narrative, like the idea of his electrocution uh, touch and uh, the invisibility. I just thought that the way that that. Uh, plot point went was a little bit um wobbly so i'm just i'm just curious if either or if uh any of you had a similarly maybe not confused (laughs) reaction to that uh to that idea in the movie
0: i was i was confused about it um just to, to get my feelings out of the way i um he didn't really ever shock anyone until he shocked Peter Parker. Okay, Peter, thank Peter you. Parker. So I was like, "Oh shit, they're from different dimensions, but they're like occupying the same like temporal space so they can't touch."
3: Mm-hmm. Same. Same. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cool.
0: Very glad I'm not the only one who thought that. Um, cuz maybe I'm a literalist. He's Spider-Man. And I don't think any spiders have electrical power. <laughs> and i'm not not sure about camouflage either and the camouflage also affects his clothing so i was confused but i gave myself over to it because i don't know he got bit by a weird tattooed spider that glitched and 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 seemed to be electric too so like you know i don't know emma did you have any issues with that
2: oh the spider i think the spider was like in the comics uh it was created by kingpin to try to like replicate the stuff that made peter parker into Mm spider-man and that's like why it's there (laughs) but that's like not in the movie at all it's just some random um mechanical spider Um, i
0: i thought maybe it had been ushered in from a different dimension during like the
2: trial period yeah i don't know i'm not really sure it wasn't really explained very well in the in the film. I don't know. I kind of just sort of took the powers for granted. I was like, cool. Yeah. Okay. He's electric now. That's <laughs> neat. <laughs> um, it was a nice, like kind of symbolic thing to be like, you you know, your powers won't work until you believe in yourself. Sorry. My cat is yelling from the kitchen. Oh, so
1: another person with a so, yelling cat. <laughs> so one thing, one thing that, uh, you know doing doing real good uh google research here uh so <laughs> the the electricity thing is apparently nicknamed the venom strike which is something that like he can it doesn't actually use venom but it's like a form of energy that basically goes from miles into an opponent or whatever and basically stuns them right that's cool
0: and Did so that's, someone in the movie call it that? I'm not sure. I uh, feel like now that you've I, I, said the term "venom strike," I remember someone using that term, and I didn't know what the hell they were talking about.
1: I feel like it. If anybody, it definitely didn't come from uh, Peter B. Parker because he calls it a goober, and so like I feel like he would not call that a venom strike. He would just be like, "Oh, you do the thing, do the do the do what's the Medusa. sparkly thing." Yeah. yeah. so um but yeah so so that has a little bit more to do with like spiders i guess maybe like still not electricity but you know whatever
0: (laughs) Um, i'm gonna throw this out there it would be a million times cooler if he could bite and poison someone
1: (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny you should say that because there is a a spider like full-on spider that's man spider yeah, man, spider. He spider. was in
0: that very mature TV show that scarred me yes. as a child. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. That the '90s one.
0: Yeah. That with was, Madame yep. Web and all that.
1: mm Hmm. Yep. 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 That was good stuff. Um. Yeah. No. So. I don't know. I, I think his his powers are interesting, and I think what's what's nice about it is oh wow. <laughs> I just read uh, a quote from Brian Michael Bendis who. Co-created this character that uh, the Venom Strike is akin to being kicked in the balls, basically.
0: <laughs> so Thank you, Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's the effect. Um, uh, so
0: I think he couldn't just say electrocute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh i think that's that's something that's like interesting about him because it gives it gives peter b parker something to not be like oh hey let me show you the ropes on like how to do this and how to do that and it's like it gives them that moment where they all like try and push him to be able to control his own powers because even like the the web stuff like he still can't control or not the web stuff cuz he's got web shooters uh the the sticking thing like he still mm-hmm. doesn't really have good control over that at, you know towards the end of the film and so i feel like having the other two abilities just kind of further emphasizes peter b parkers like having to get used to doing something that he's like unfamiliar with right so it's not only that he's trying to raise a sidekick or you know a son or whatever you want to kind of call uh Miles at this point but is also you also have special abilities that i have no idea how you turn on turn off what they're even used for and Like, I don't know any of that. And I'm 35, 36 is like, I don't need to deal with this shit. Like, I I already learned my powers. Like, you need to you need to figure your shit out. You know, so, yeah, I feel like that's a nice like way of giving him differentiality that also kind of harkens back to the comics that he's coming from as well.
0: So. But see, to my I don't know. To my mind, I kind this just goes back to me wishing that like he and Peter B. Parker had uh, had had bonded more, had like had more of a chance to to like go through everything, and that you know at some point Peter B. Parker could have had the fatherly thing where it's like I've taught you everything I know, but you have abilities that are beyond even my comprehension, and it's up to you to learn how to use those. Mm-hmm. You know, so like I said, you know one one little "Cats in the Cradle" montage might have taken care of that for me. That's but...
3: all you want. The, the, you just want like <laughs> an external "Cats Cat in the Cradle" music. You'll, video. you'll
1: get it. Yeah, you'll get it as a special feature.
3: I'm sure
0: it's all someone has done
1: it on YouTube for. already. Don't no
3: worries.
0: <laughs> just like Spider Man standing on the top of one building and holding his arms out like like <laughs> a, a father for his like toddling child as Miles okay. tries to swing down Fifth Avenue. This sounds like father issues, Brian. Look, I am a father. I have to view everything through that lens. I have to speak my truth and every movie should have at least one cats in the cradle montage. <laughs> it was missing from Dunkirk. It was missing from this. <laughs> oh, right. Yes. Sorry. Um, I'm curious. Uh, does anyone have anything that we didn't touch on? They really want to the plot of this movie. We seem to still have strayed away from and not talked about, but the internet is chock-a-block um, with places did you, you guys, go for that. Did you guys like uh, Fisk's uh,
3: motivation or did you find it uh, convincing or fleshed out
0: enough?
2: It was a nice like thing to want. I don't know. I thought it was fine.
0: For For all the reason that people have created energy beams in movies, <laughs> <laughs> I think that this is the best reason for creating an energy beam in a movie.
3: Wow, the best. Not even like one of the better,
0: the best. Well, I honestly can't remember why all the other ones happen. <laughs> it's we like an objective ranking. <laughs> one of them was to open a portal so that uh, aliens could come through and screw up New York. And the other one was, to I don't know, like there's so many blue beams into the sky. And this one is underground. And it's because, you know, a guy got his family killed and <laughs> refuses to accept that. And is now, this is what I just kept thinking of. Let's assume it works. You've kidnapped them, <laughs> <laughs> and chances are they're not going to love you.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and and that's basically what we see actually play out is like they see him and they're like, "Why are we here?
0: What why are we is here? And why are you on? once again beating up a Spider-Man?" <laughs> yes,
1: like I thought we left you for this reason, you know. I and guess in, that, in in one in one alternate universe they like don't hit that car.
0: Or so. they, these are the people who convinced him not to do it the first time.
2: Mm. Well, and then that kingpin from that universe is going to be like, I have to create an energy beam <laughs> to get these people back. He's going <laughs> to just do the whole thing over again. I
0: have to save my family. <laughs> All right, let's let's not do the straw thing. The daisy chain. <laughs> <laughs> Every every subsequent Spider Verse movie is going to have the exact same plot, but with a different <laughs> Kingpin doing it. Okay, that's a Lord and Miller thing. They would do. This.
2: They would do that.
0: There's one I Kingpin actually... who's just upset that he missed the McRib, and he's like somewhere in another dimension. The McRib is still going on in Manhattan.
2: Oh, <sighs> I was gonna say earlier they should just do like the same movie, but with from a different character's perspective. If they're really gonna do. Like if they stick to the template, they should just. No, it's from Gwen Stacy's perspective. Now it's mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Chris Pine's perspective. It's a very short movie.
0: I would. Uh, <laughs> I would completely a, a
1: special feature on the DVD. Yeah, perfect.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I would watch a full length remake of this movie from the perspective of Aunt May. <laughs> yeah,
2: she that would have enough she... in it to be like its own thing. I'd watch that.
0: Yeah. Just imagine, like, this poor woman, like, the first half is, like, Manchester by the sea sad because (laughs) her her nephew's dead. And then all of a sudden, Spider-Ham shows up. (laughs) I did. I I, I I don't know how I felt about Aunt May being, like, uh, Alfred. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. It's Lily Tomlin, though. Yeah.
1: You you also have to remember that this is, like, the the perfect timeline, I guess in some way. Like this is this is the timeline where the perfect Peter Parker lives. Yeah, but where he's know, married he died, with
0: So how perfect could he be?
1: Well, there you go. He was <laughs> he was too good because he was handing off the reins to to the
0: other kids. So here for this world. Yep. Alright. Uh Emma Stevansky, any final thoughts or any items that we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about?
2: Oh, no, my mind is racing trying to I loved um the spider robot.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. something we
2: didn't talk about. Yeah, I Penny B. Parker.
0: <laughs> Penny Parker, with her, <laughs> she had what is it? She had she at once can control the robot, but she also has a,
2: a psychic connection. connection to the spider. I love it. Yes. yes. So, so she weird. has a psychic.
1: <laughs> she has a psychic connection to the spider who is
0: controlling the robot. Yeah. <laughs> But she can also jump into the robot and control it from, like, a cockpit. Uh, I thought
2: that, like, a spider is the one who needs, like, a human can't control the bot, but the spider, that's, yeah you know, that's what the bot needs, is a spider.
0: Mm-hmm. While we're pitching sequels and sidequels and special features, <laughs> again, someone who could use a Cats in the Cradle montage <laughs> is Penny and her spider.
1: I don't know. Like it, it, It's funny that, you know... Anytime we we have a film where we're like, I want more of X, but also like Y that you gave me is really good still, I think, I think a lot can be said about the fact that we want more of like some of these characters and some of their backstories. And it's not just simply because they didn't give it to us. It's because they did enough groundwork to like make these characters kind of interesting and kind of like... You know, you you're like, wow. I want I want more of that person. But I, I want will
2: more say Spider- that I uh,
0: there's a part of me that's still like, you know, I I love the kind of brief glimpses that we get at like Penny and Noir and Spider Ham. Mm-hmm. But I don't like how much they become part of the team so late in the movie because like oh. I, I feel like I'm already so invested emotionally in in Gwen and Peter B. Parker and Miles. <laughs> that to suddenly have their opinion matter and while i understand it in like a general way because everyone's got to get home i'm like you know but i don't have any emotional investment in them and they don't know miles like i know miles or like peter knows miles so why why are we caring what they think
3: you're very possessive of uh miles and, and Peter. <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: But only the one Peter. (laughs) I think that that, yeah, because, you know, Chris Pine's Peter, whatever, he died. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What was I going to say? I think that that's to the credit of the movie. Like, they created a pairing. Like, I don't care about really anyone in any of the Marvel films as much as I care about Miles and Peter. Hmm. I would, yeah, probably agree with that.
2: I think it's good that they didn't, they gave us too little instead of too much. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, and this movie is like loaded with stuff and still we're like, we want to see this person again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, but, but my, my point of view would be like, you could scale back a little on the stuff that's cool, but not as necessary to just give me like a little more mm-hmm.
2: you know,
0: a little fewer French fries for a little more meat. <laughs> <laughs> it all goes back to food metaphors for food metaphor. Sorry. Oh, um, man. All right. Any final thoughts on Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse? Before I mean, we wrap
1: up do we want to briefly touch on uh the size of kingpin and how ridiculous <laughs> it is and and just like how much fun they kind of had like just sizing that motherfucker up because he so big. is so big and my my girlfriend's reaction when he uh arrives at Alchemex and is in like that suv and like gets out and she's like wait no they didn't show him get out of the vehicle how did he fit in <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yep
0: they opened the back hatch (laughs) he had been laying down they removed all the back seats i mean it's pretty simple if you think about it (laughs) i did love that because like again in the 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 really hardcore 90s cartoon kingpin is massive and Mm -hmm. has like a good three feet on spider-man um and and now uh, he has like 10 And in this movie, yeah, he's he he literally takes up like almost the entire widescreen frame in certain he shots. Does. Like sometimes he, looks he like is a, he's just he a good
2: like transformer. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. he he's, looks like a Decepticon.
0: Yeah, especially with his head like <laughs> mounted at the middle of his chest in the way it is, because I mm-hmm. guess he's constantly hunched over and scheming. Um, but it is kind of fun how like he's sometimes a a face floating in a black field of his own suit. The taking up seven eighths of the screen. I don't know where he found a suit that fit him, but you know, he got it bespoke. <laughs> he was was,
1: come it was tin ten suits <laughs> put together. You, you know? think
0: a man who owns a particle accelerator that he financed himself is going to buy an off-the-rack suit, Michael? I just I'm I'm just waiting for for the uh, seamstress
1: or the uh, the person like putting together the uh, <laughs> well, No, like the, the dimensions and being like, is this in feet or inches? I'm very confused. And it's like, no, it's in feet. <laughs> and she's <just> like, okay.
0: <laughs> I see here you have your waist as a twenty four. That's pretty thin for a man as tall as you are. That's in feet. So, oh, okay. <laughs> all right uh, it's been a blast just, also did you
3: guys make it to the see the end credit sequence where we got one more
0: cameo from
2: yeah from I one remember. more did
1: you, did you see it did you say
0: i did i stayed i didn't understand what was happening until the okay. pointing happened and then i was like haha, i've seen that on the internet but he's <laughs> like a future
1: Flicksa. spider-man is that it's... right Bill? uh yeah 2099 is basically a a future dimension spider-man and that's what he basically gets is he gets the ability to i think his character's like special ability at some point in the comics run is the ability to uh transport independently between universes and so that's why we kind of see Spider-Gwen be able to make that appearance is more than likely she has gained that ability as well. And so that's, that's what they're kind of setting up there is that uh, Oscar Isaac's Spider-Man 2099, which is a uh, Latin Latino guy. I well, can't it's from
0: Nueva York. So it's possible that it's an entire, I don't know. It's really called Nueva York,
1: huh? <laughs> it's, <laughs> no, it's it's definitely an alternate timeline. Like,
2: yeah. Wasn't yeah. his mask like sort of a Lucha Libre kind of thing, too? It,
1: it did, yeah. His his name is uh, Miguel O'Hara, so yeah. So He's, he is of sounds
2: right.
0: Spanish and Irish descent. It was just it being called Nueva York that I was like, oh, Okay. Well it's like possible I, that it's a future where America was first colonized by the, the Spanish and then uh, there was still a potato famine. So the Irish came over and you know
2: They liked the name York a lot.
0: Yeah. Alright, I wait, I'm coming I'm kinda into that. You, you should send that to Lord and Miller. <laughs> I mean, I've had like seventeen ideas that I should have sent to Lord and Miller, and each of them involves the cats in the cradle one time. <laughs> oh i think we need to end this <laughs> it is 10 o'clock at night i have been up since 5 a.m and uh yeah i agree we should we should end this um it's been a pleasure talking about this movie with everyone uh if you've enjoyed this follow us on twitter at film stage show and of course uh you can go to patreon.com slash the film stage show to give us your money and uh we, oh, we are never to you- said we never
3: said where Emma's from.
0: <laughs> I know. We're going to get to it. It's cool. Everyone gets okay, a wrap-up right. point at the end.
2: I'm from one of the Spider-verses. But I she
0: she blorped in
2: <laughs> through
0: a series of dots. Oh, we didn't talk about how cool the particle accelerator looked with all of its dots and its inception weirdness. Mm. And that train. Yeah. yeah. The train
2: That's cool. is great. That whole ending sequence is so cool. And it's still... It's like you know the, the only thing that could be it could only be done in animation like if that was live action you just wouldn't be able to see what was going on
0: you wouldn't be able to mm. see what's going on and again your brain would switch off because you'd be like yeah, yeah. Mm, mm, <laughs> yep just waiting for the pixels to stop hitting each other um <laughs> it reminded me a lot of paranormal mm. oh wow. yeah okay
1: yep where shit r- really hits the fan
0: anytime
3: Any. yeah anyway it's a devastating (laughs) ending oh god you're (laughs) paranormal gonna get misty starting to think about it (laughs) yeah
0: yeah yeah, that is a devastating ending what was i going to say before michael interrupted me (laughs) um yeah uh movie.com helps (laughs) to bring you this uh this uh this podcast god only knows why um, don't forget to go to MUBI.com slash film for a free 30 day trial between now and the end of the year if you sign up you get your first three months for a dollar and there are currently a bunch of great great movies on there which we talked about earlier so we won't have to rehash them now so that is it for today we will be back fairly soon with a brand new review though of what we do not know between now Vice, and then probably Vice <laughs> probably I guess <laughs> mean have you seen <sighs> Vice yet?
2: No, I missed a screening. I think it was like last week in you favor ex- of something excited else. for Vice? Well, I was until everyone saw it. <laughs> <laughs> here. Same here. Same here. <laughs> That's the
3: end of every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, exactly.
2: um, I didn't see Bumblebee, though. I saw oh, Bumblebee is night. that good? I- That's all I've been thinking about. It's so good. Oh, Oh, my God. Yay! Yeah, it's good. (laughs)
0: Good. That's it. We're doing
2: Bumblebee. And
0: Aquaman. I still want to see Aquaman,
2: too. All right. Anyway. (laughs) Also good. (laughs) Can confirm.
0: And you, of course, are welcome back for any of those. Uh, Anytime you want to drop in in the middle of an episode, you are welcome. Thank (laughs) you.
1: We need to get you just like a little, a little Spider Verse watch, (laughs) and you can just go boop.
0: Just shoot you an email anytime that we're starting an episode, and just be like, hey, if you wanna. <laughs> come on in
3: um, might open, this. Episode, but sure join
2: <laughs> it took my timeline a couple minutes to line up with yours so
0: <laughs> well That's since funny. since we missed introducing you at the front end uh <laughs> we're gonna do a little flip and and ask you right now why don't you tell the fine people at home uh where you're from and where they can find more of your work on the internet
2: it's been a mystery this whole time who is she people. i'm emma stefanski i'm online uh, I write for Thrillist.com about movies and TV and, uh, memes. I just published something today about Blue Planet 2, which is on Netflix right now and it's great. Oh. Uh, so yeah, it's the best. Um, but that's, yeah, that's me. I'm at Stafabsky on Twitter and I'm on Instagram too. Let's to see pictures of my cat. The cat you've been hearing this whole time, probably. <laughs>
0: this, is uh-uh. a, this is a podcast where people are deeply acquainted with the idea of animal noises intruding on <laughs> it. Between right. my two dogs and the cat that once bit me in the middle of uh, our Jurassic World <laughs> Fallen Kingdom episode. <laughs> it was that appropriate.
2: Seems, yeah, that seems <laughs> like the optimal time yeah. to get something biting you. <laughs> uh, really yeah, awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is really fun, even though I was light.
0: It's all right. What? Well, we forgive you, and of course, as we said, feel free to come no back. No one anytime. will ever know.
2: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah.
0: And um, Bill Graham, where can people find you online?
2: Uh,
1: you can find me hopefully blipping into the universe where Bumblebee remains a good film throughout the entire week uh, <laughs> on Twitter at cablebfg, and uh, yeah, on the Slack channel as well.
0: All right, Michael Snydell.
3: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at at I, I think I said this on the last episode, but I reviewed Vice. I did not like it. <laughs> you <laughs> can find out why uh, on the side of the film stage. And um, I think it'll be up by the time this is up. But uh, you should be seeing the top 50 from the film stage uh, mm-hmm. very soon this week. So uh, make sure to look at that. Because some of us probably spent time on it. <laughs> don't, don't read it. Just look at it. Yeah, um, just look at it.
0: Tell us how wrong we are. No, wait, don't do that. I'm lying. <laughs> you know what's something that no one ever does that I've never understood? No one ever tells a writer uh, what they quote unquote forgot on their end of the year list. And no. if you think that we forgot something, <laughs> I encourage you to reach out and tell each of our writers independently. Um, I, of course, am Brian J. Rowan. You can find me on Twitter at Brian J. Rowan. Find me on Letterboxd at Brian J. Rowan. My website is brianj.rowan.com. <laughs> <laughs> I can be found on Instagram at Brian J. Rowan. Uh, there's clearly a pattern coming. Um, and of course, as Michael said, lots of great end of the year content coming so, from so com.
1: Is Brian Rowan the perfect one? Does he have blonde hair and blue eyes? <laughs>
0: Um, I don't know, but I will tell you that when I find him, I will crush him. Wait, is the perfect one Aryan? Is that what we're going for? Yeah, I'm really, I've been deeply uncomfortable, but trying not to draw attention to the fact that Bill keeps calling very Aryan looking people perfect. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) what a great I, way I, I, to wrap up a podcast about this incredible diverse inclusive movie ladies and gentlemen <laughs>
3: nazis suck in case it's not clear
0: <laughs> yes yes controversial opinion nazis suck um ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for enduring here. this with us and brown eyes <laughs> tune in next time go play wolfenstein
1: can't see yet swimming with sharks when they ain't see yet because i like hot